0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Section 11 of Metamorphoses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso. Ovid. Translated by J. J. Howard The Sixth Book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid Part 1 Minerva pleased attention to the muse while thus she spoke afforded, praised the song, and praised the just resentment of the maids. Then to herself, the vengeance others take merely to praise were mean. I too should claim like praise for like revenge, nor longer bear my power condemned by who unpunished live and on arachne fair maeonian maid she turns her vengeful mind whose skill she heard rivalled her own in labours of the loom no fame her natal town no fame her sire on her bestowed her skill conferred renown idmon of colophon her humble sire soaked in the phocian dye the spongy wool her mother late deceased from lowest stock had sprung and wedded with an equal mate yet had she gained through all the lydian towns for skill a mighty fame though born so low though small high papi was her sole abode oft would the nymphs the vine-clad mollus leave to view her wondrous work oft would the nymphs in admiration quit pactolus's waves nor pleasure only gave the finished robe when viewed but while she worked she gave delight such comely grace in every turn appeared whether she rounded into balls the wool or with her fingers mollified the fleece and combed at floating light in cloudy waves or her smooth spindle twirled with agile thumb with her needle painted plain was seen her skill from palace learnt this to concede unwilling she even such a tutor scorned exclaiming come let her the contest try if vanquished let her fix my well-earned fate palace an ancient matron's form conceals grey hairs thin strew her temples and a staff supports her tottering limbs while thus she speaks old age though little prized much good attends experience always grows with lengthened years spurn not my admonition great thy fame midst mortals for the wonders of the loom great may it be but to immortals yield bold nymph retract and pardon for thy words with suppliant voice require pallas will grant sternly the damsel views her quits the threads unfinished scarce her hand from force restrains and rage in all her features flushing fierce thus to the goddess well disguised she speaks weak dotard spent with too great gift of years cursed with too long existence hence begone such admonition to thy daughters give if daughters hast thou or thy sons have wives enough for me my inbred wisdom serves hope not that aught thy vain advice has swayed my purpose still my challenge holds the same why comes your goddess not why shuns she still the trying contest then the goddess lo she comes and flung her aged form aside minerva's form displaying every nymph and every dame Mygdonian lowly bent in veneration while arachne's soul stood steadfast unalarmed but yet she blushed a sudden flush her angry face deep tinged but sudden faded pale a ruddy glow thus taints the early sky when first the morn arises quickly from the solar ray paling to brightness on her purposed boast still stubborn bent she obstinately courts her sure destruction for the empty hope of conquest in the strife so madly urged no more jove's maid refuses gives no more her empty admonitions nor delays the contest each her station straight assumes tighten each web each slender thread prepare firm to the beam the cloth is fixed the reed the warp divides with pointed shuttle swift gliding between which quick their fingers throw quick extricate and with the toothy comb firm pressed between the warp the threads unite both hasten now their garments round them girt their skilful hands they ply their toil forgot in anxious wish for conquest there appeared the wool of tyrian dye and softening taints lost imperceptible so seems the arch coloring a spacious portion of the sky struck by the rays of phoebus when the showers recede a thousand varying tinges shine the soft transition mocks the straining eye so like the shades which join though far distinct their distant taints in slender threads they twist the pliant gold and in the web display each as she works an ancient story fair minerva paints the rock of mars so famed in cecrop's city and the well-known strife to name the town twice six celestials sat on their high thrones great jupiter around in gravity majestic every god bore his celestial features jove appeared in royal dignity the ocean power standing she pictured with his trident huge smiting the rugged rock from the cleft stone lipped forth a steed and thence the town to name the privilege he claimed herself she paints shielded and armed with keenly pointed spear helmed was her head her breast the aegis bore struck by her spear the earth a hoary tree she shows producing loaded thick with fruit the wandering gods the gift admire the prize to her awarded ends the glorious work more that the daring rival of her art should learn experimental what reward her mad attempt might hope four parts she adds and every part a test of power presents bright the small figures in her colors shine this angle thracian rhodope contains with Hemus, both their mortal bodies now to frozen mountains changed whose lofty pride assumed the titles of celestial powers another corner held the wretched fate felt by Pygmaea's matron Juno bade her vanquished rival soar aloft a crane and on her people wage continual war antigone she paints audacious she with jove's imperial consort durst contend by jove's imperial queen she flits a bird nor aids her aught, nor aids her sire leomedon upborne on snowy wings a stork she rises loud with chattering bills she noises in the sole remaining part was childless cynaris in close embrace grasping the temple's steps his daughter's once and as he lies extended on the stone in marble seems to weep around the piece, she spreads the peaceful olive all complete her work is ended with her favourite tree arachne paints europa by a bull deceived the god a real bull appears and real seem the waves she backward turned views the receding shore and seems to shriek loud to her lost companions seems to dread the dashing waves and timid shrinks her feet she draws asteria by the god o'erpowered clothed in an eagle leader fair she lays beneath his wings when he a swan appears she adds how jove beneath a satyr's shape concealed the beauteous child of Necteus, filled with a twin offspring in amphitryon's form alcmena thou wert pressed a golden shower danae deceived a flame Aegina caught a shepherd's shape mnemosy beguiled and fair Deus trusts a speckled snake Thee Neptune, too, she painted for the maid Aeolian to a threatening bull transformed. Thou, as Enipeus, didst the alloyed twins beget, beneath the semblance of a ram Theophany was cheated. Ceres mild, of grain inventress, with her yellow locks, in shape a courser felt thy ardent love. Medusa, mother of the flying steed, nymph of the snaky tresses, in a bird's concealed you forced. Melantho in a fish, to these the damsel all well suiting forms dispensed and all well-suiting scenes attend. And there Apollo in a herdsman's guise wanders, and now he soars a plumy hawk, now stalks a lordly lion. As a swain Macari and Issei felt his amorous guile. erigone to Bacchus's flame was duped beneath a well-seamed grape. Saturn produced the centaur doubly shaped in former steed. Her web's extremes a slender border girt, where flowery wreaths and twining ivy blend. Not Pallas not even envy's rankling soul could blame the work the bright immortal grieved to view her rival's merit angry tore the picture glowing with celestial crimes a box and shuttle grasping in her hand thrice on the forehead of the idmonian maid she struck no more arachne hapless bore but twisted round her neck with desperate pride a cord. the deed minerva pitying saw and checked her rash suspension impious wretch still live she cried but still suspended hang cursed to futurity for all thy race thy sons and grandsons to the latest day alike shall feel the sentence speaking thus the juice of hecate's baleful plant she throws instant besprinkled by the noxious drops her tresses fall her nose and ears are lost her body shrinks her head is lessened more her slender fingers root within her sides serving as legs her belly forms the rest from whence her thread she still derives and spins her art pursuing in the spider's shape all lydia rung the wondrous rumour spread through every phrygian town the tale employed the tongues of all mankind the nymph was known ere yet amphion's nuptial bed she pressed to niobe she when a virgin dwelt in lydian syphilis she still unmoved arachne's neighbouring fate not heeded still proudly refused before the gods to bend and spoke in haughty boasting much her pride by favouring gifts was swollen not the fine skill amphion practised not the lofty birth each claimed not all their mighty kingdom's power so raised her soul of all though justly proud as her bright offspring justly were she called most blessed of mothers but her bliss too great seemed to herself and caused a dread reverse now manto sprung from old tiresias skilled in future fate impelled by power divine in every street with wild prophetic tongue exclaimed ye theban matrons haste in crowds your incense offer, and your pious prayers to great Latona and the heavenly twins, Latona's offspring, all your temples bound with laurel garlands, this the goddess bids through me commands it all of Thebes obey and gird their foreheads with the ordered leaves, the incense burn, and with the sacred flames their pious prayers ascend, lo, midst a crowd of nymphs attendant, far conspicuous scene, comes Niobe in gorgeous Phrygian robe, inwrought with gold, attired, beauteous her form beauteous as rage permitted angry shook her graceful head and angry shook the locks that o'er each shoulder waved proudly she towered her haughty eyes round from her lofty stand wide darting cried what madness this to place reported gods above the gods you see why till Latona's altars bend ye low nor incense burn before my power divine my sire was tantalus of mortals soul, celestial feasts he shared a pleiad nymph me bore My grandsire is the mighty king, whose shoulders all the load of heaven sustain. Jove is my father's parent, him I boast as sire-in-law too. All the Phrygian towns bend to my sway, the hall of Cadmus owns me sovereign mistress. Thebes' high towering walls raised by my consort's lute, and all the crowd who dwell enclosed his rule and mine obey. Where'er within my palace turn mine eyes, treasures immense I view, brightness divine I boast, to all seven blooming daughters add and seven fair sons through whom i soon expect if hymen favors seven more sons to see and seven more daughters need ye further seek whence i have cause for boasting dare ye still latona from titanian chaos sprung the unknown chaos she to whom all earth in bearing pangs the smallest space denied this wretch to my divinity prefer not heaven your goddess would receive not earth not ocean, exiled from the world, she wept till Delos, sorrowing, wanderer like herself, exclaimed, Thou dreary wanderest o'er the earth, I o'er the main, and sympathizing thus a resting spot afforded. There become of two the mother only. Can she vie with one whose womb has sevenfold hers surpassed? Blessed am I, who can slightly ere arraign to happiness my claim. Blessed will I still continue, who my bliss can ever doubt. Abundance guards its surety. Far beyond the power of fortune is my lot upraised. Snatch them in numbers from me. Crowds more great must still remain. My happy state contemns even now the threats of danger. Grant the power of fate this nation of my womb to thin. Of part deprived, impossible I shrink to poor Latona's too. How scant removed from mothers childless. Quit your rights, quick haste, and tear those garlands from your flowing hair. Aside the garlands thrown, and incomplete the rights relinquished, what the Thebans could they gave, their whispering prayers the matron dame addressed, with ire the angry goddess flamed, and thus on Cynthus's lofty top bespoke her double offspring O oh, my children, see, your parent, proud your parent to be called, To no celestial yielding save the queen of Jove supreme. Lo, doubted is my claim to rights divine, and from the altars burnt to me from endless ages driven I go. Save by my children succoured. Nor this grief alone me irks, for Niobe me mocks. Her daring crime increasing, proud she sets her offspring far above you. Me too she spurns, to her in number yielding, childless calls my bed, and proves the impious stock which gave her tongue first utterance. More Latona felt prepared to utter, more beseechings bland for her young offspring, when Apollo cried, Enough, desist to plain delay is long till vengeance diane joined him in his ire swift gliding down the sky and veiled in clouds on cadmus's roof they lighted wide was spread a level plain by constant hoofs well beat the city's walls adjoining crowding wheels and coursers' feet the rolling dust upturned here of amphion's offspring daily some mount their fleet steeds their trappings gaily press of tyrian dye heavy with gold the reins they guide mid these is Minus, primal born of niobe as round the circling course his well-trained steed he sped and strenuous curbed his foaming mouth loudly ah me exclaimed as through his bosom deep the dart was driven dropped from his dying hands the slackened reins slowly and sidelong from his course's back he tumbled Sipilus gave unchecked scope to his when through the empty air he heard the rattling quiver sound thus speeding clouds beheld the guider of the ruling helm the threatening tempest fearing looses wide his every sail to catch the lightest breeze loose flowed his reins the inevitable dart the flowing reins quick followed quivering shook fixed in his upper neck the naked steel far through his throat protruding prone he fell o'er his high courser's head his smoking gore the ground defiling Hapless and tantalus his grandsire's name who bore their custom sport laborious ended strove with youthful vigour in the wrestling toil now breast to breast they strained with nervous grasp when the swift arrow from the bended horn both bodies pierced as close both bodies joined at once they groaned at once their limbs they threw with agonies convulsed prone on the earth at once their rolling eyes the light forsook at once their souls were yielded forth to air Alfino saw and smote his grieving breast Flew to their pallid limbs and as he raised their bodies in the pious office fell for phoebus drove his fate-winged arrow deep through what his heart enclosed sudden withdrawn on the barbed head the mangled lungs were stuck and high in air his soul gushed forth in blood but beardless damasichthon by a wound not single fell as those struck where the leg to form begins and where the nervous hammer yielding joint supplies the deadly dart to draw a saying in his throat full driven up to the feathered head another came the sanguine flood expelled it gushing high cutting the distant air with outstretched arms ilionius the last besought in vain exclaiming spare me spare me all ye gods witless that all not joined to cause his woe the god was touched with pity touched too late already shot the irrevocable dart yet light the blow was given and mild the wound that pierced his heart and sent his soul aloft the rumoured ill the mourning people's groans the servants tears soon made the mother know the sudden ruin Wondering first she stands to see so great heaven's power then angry flames indignant that such power they dare to use the sire amphion in his bosom plunged his sword and ended life at once and woe heavens how removed this niobe from her who drove so lately from latona's fane the pious crowds who marched in lofty state through every street of thebes an envied sight now to be wept by even her bitterest foes prostrate upon their gelid limbs she lies now this now that her trembling kisses press her livid arms high stretching unto heaven exclaims enjoy latona cruel dame my sorrows feed on all my wretched woes glut with my load of grief thy savage soul feast thy fell heart with seven funereal scenes triumph victorious foe conqueror exult victorious said i how to wretched me still more are left than joyful thou canst boast superior i midst all this loss remain she spoke the twanging bowstring sounded loud terrific noise save niobe to all she stood audacious callous in her crime in mourning vesture clad With tresses loose, around the funeral couches of the slain, The weeping sisters stood. One strives to pluck the deep-struck arrow from her bowels, Falls and fainting dies, Her brother's clay-cold course pressed with her lips. Another's soothing words her hapless parents strive to cheer, Struck dumb she bends beneath an unseen wound, Her words reach not her parent till her life is fled. This vainly flying falls, That drops in death upon her sister's body, one to hide attempts another pale and trembling dies six now lie breathless each by varied wounds one soul remaining whom the mother shields wrapped in her vest her body o'er her flung exclaiming leave me this my youngest last least of my mighty numbers one alone but while she prays the damsel prayed for dies of all deprived the solitary dame amid the lifeless bodies of her sons her daughters and her spouse by sorrows steeled sits hardened no light gale her tresses moves no blood her reddened cheeks contain her eyes motionless glare upon her mournful face life quits the statue even her tongue congeals within her stony palate vital floods cease in her veins to flow her neck to bow resists her arms to move in graceful guise her feet to step and even to stone are turned her inmost bowels still to weep she seems Wrapped in a furious whirlwind, distant far her natal soil receives her. There, fixed high on a hill's utmost summit, still she melts, still does the rigid marble flow in tears. Now, every Theban, male and female, all dread the fierce anger of the powers of heaven, and with redoubled fervour lowly bend, and own the twin producing goddess's power. Then, as oft seen, they ancient tales recount, reminded by events of recent date thus one relates long since some clowns who tilled the fertile fields of lycia felt the ire of this high goddess whom they durst despise obscure the fact itself for lo the race who suffered yet most wondrous was the deed myself have seen the marsh the lake have seen famed for the prodigy my aged sire to toil unable on the lengthened road me thither sent and heard of choicest beeves thence to conduct to my unpractised steps a guiding native of the land he gave while we the pastures traversed Lo, we found an ancient altar midst a spacious lake erected black with sacrificing dust with waving reeds surrounded here my guide halted and softly whispered bless me power and i like softly whispering bless me cried then asked if nymph or fawn or native god the altar owned when thus my guide replied no mountain god, O oh youth, this altar claims, but her whom once imperial Juno's rage stern interdicted from firm earth's extent, whom scarce the wandering Delos would receive, ardent beseeching, when the buoyant isle light floated. There at length Latona, laid betwixt a palm and a bright Minerva's tree, spite of their fierce opposing stepdame's power, her twins produced. Even hence, in childbed driven, she fled from Juno, in her bosom bore, tis said, the twin celestials now the sun with fervid rays had scorched the arid meads when faint with lengthened toil the goddess gained the edge of lycia's monster-breeding clime parched and exhausted from the solar heat and infants milking her exhausted breast by chance a lake far distant she espied deep in a vale's recess of waters pure there clowns the bulrush gathered there they plucked the shrubby osier and the marsh-fond grass approached the goddess on her knees low bent the earth she pressed and forward leaned to drink the cooling liquid this the rustic mob forbade when she to those who thus opposed water withhold water whose use is free nature to all unsparing gives to take of light of air and of the flowing stream i claim but public gifts yet suppliant beg those public gifts to share not here i come my wearied arms and limbs within the waves to lave my thirst alone i wish to slake even now my speaking lips their moisture want scarce my parched throat a passage to my words can yield as nectar with a limpid draught life with the water give me for to me water is life with water life i seek let these too move you who their tender hands stretch to your bosoms for by chance the babes their little hands held forth the goddess's words thus bland beseeching who could e'er withstand yet these persisted obstinate refused to grant her wish and with opprobrious speech and threats reviled her should she there remain nor rested thus the lake with hands and feet muddy their trouble with malicious leaps they agitate the pool and upward stir from the deep bottom clouds of slimy ooze anger her thirst diverted rage denied more supplication from the indignant dame their threatening words no more the goddess brooked but raising high to heaven her hands she cried be this your home forever gracious heard her prayer was granted now they joy to plunge beneath the waters now they deep emerge their bodies in the hollow fen now raise their heads and skim the surface of the pool often they rest upon the margin's brink and oft light springing in the cool lake plunge now still their rude contentious tongues they use still squabbling lost to shame beneath the waves beneath the waves they still abusing strive to utter hoarsely still their voices heard through their wide bloated throats their railing words their jaws more wide dilate deprived of neck their head and back in junction seem to meet green shine their backs their bellies hugely swollen are white and frogs they plunge within the pool thus as the man the fate destructive told of lycia's clowns to mind another called the satyr's fate who vanquished in the strife of skill on pallas's pipe latona's son severely punished wherefore thus he cries rent from myself o penitent i bow the pipe he shrieks should not such rage provoke exclaiming thus o'er his extremest limbs stripped was his skin he one continuous wound blood flowed from every part the naked nerves bare started and the trembling veins full throbbed by skin uncovered every beating part inward the breast's translucent fibres plain displayed to sight him every forest fawn each brother satyr and each sylvan god and every nymph with famed olympus wept and every swain, the woolly flock who fed, or on the mountain, watched the horned herd. Washed by their falling tears, the fertile earth is soaked, absorbs them in her inmost veins, then formed to water, spouts them high in air, rapid twixt banks declivitous, they seek the ocean. Marcia is the river called, the clearest stream through Phrygia's land which flows. End of section 11. Section 12 of Metamorphoses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso, Ovid. Translated by J. J. Howard. The sixth book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid. Part 2. Thus far the crowd, and then lamenting turn to present griefs, Amphion's race extinct, unanimous they wail. But hated still remains the mother's pride, for her alone weeped Pelops, rent his garments, bare exposed his breast and shoulders lay, and fair displayed the ivory joint. This shoulder at his birth, in fleshy substance and carnation tinge, equaled the right. When by his sire his limbs disjointed lay, the gods, tis said, quick joined the severed members. Every fragment found, save what combined the neck and upper arm. The part destroyed, with ivory they replace, and pelops perfect from the gift became. The neighbouring lords assemble every town their kings entreat condolence to bestow and all to thebes repair first argos sends sparta mycenae calydon not yet by stone diana hated corinth famed for beauteous brass orchomenus the fierce Messene fertile patrae pylos ruled by Neleus, treason yet unused to own the sway of pythios cleona the low and all those towns the two-seed isthmus holds and all those towns the isthmus views without athens incredible with absent soul war all her energy demanded born o'er ocean fierce barbarian troops the walls mopsopian threatened. thracian tereus these with arms auxilia routed bright his name shone from the conquest him in riches great mighty in power and from the godlike mars his lineage tracing procne's nuptial hand close to Pandian bound their marriage bed nor grace nor hymen nor the nuptial queen attended furies held the torches snatched from beer's funereal furies spread the couch and all night long an owl ill-omened bird perched on the roof that crowned the marriage-dome joined with such omens with such omens bore prochnere son to Tereus. wide through thrace congratulations sound glad thanks to heaven the parents give and hail the happy day which gave pandion's daughter to the king and gave the pair a son so ignorant still mankind of real happiness remain now through five autumns had the cheerful sun the whirling year renewed when procne bland her spouse besought if grace within thy sight claim my deserts or suffer me to see in her own clime my sister or to ours my sister bring a quick return thou well our sire mayst promise this high boon obtained my sister's presence to my sight thou'lt seem a deity in goodness on the main he bids them launch the vessel in the port Cycropian enters urged by oar and sail and treads Piraeus's shore. Soon as he gained his audience, soon as hand with hand was clasped, his ill-presaging speech he opened, first the journey's cause narrating, fond desire of Procne, and the promised quick return of Philomela should the sire comply. Lo, Philomela enters, splendid robes attire her, still more splendid shine her charms. Such they describe within the forest's rove dryad and naiad nymphs, such would they seem their shape like hers adorned, like hers attired instant was tereus at the sight inflamed so instant would the hoary harvest burn the torch applied so burn the withered leaves or hoarded hay well might her charms inspire such love in any him his inbred lust more goaded more his country's warmth which burns intense he flames from nature and from clime first to corrupt the tendency he designs and faithful nurse and philomel to tempt with gifts immense his kingdom's mighty price or forceful snatcher and the rape defend with all the powers of war Nought but he dares, impelled by love's unbridled power, his breast the raging fire contains not, irksome seems delay, and eager to the anxious wish of Procne turns his converse, her desires, his wishes aiding. Eloquent he spoke, for love inspired him. Often as he pressed more close than prudent, all his earnest speech, Procne he said, dictated. Heavens, how dark the gloom that blinds the view of human souls. Tereus for tenderest piety esteemed, more as for vice he labours praise he gains for every crime now philomela begs his prayer assisting flings her winning arms around pandion's neck and suppliant sues a sight of procne for her woe she begs but deems she begs delight her Tereus views anticipates his joys her every kiss her arms around her parent's neck entwined but goad his passion fuel fresh they add food for his flame and when her sire she clasps he longs that sire to be parent not more his impious purpose would the wretch delay the king by both their warm beseechings won consents she joyful to her father gives glad thanks and hapless deems completely blessed herself and sister both most deeply cursed now phoebus's toil nigh spent his course's feet sweep down the slope of heaven the royal feast and golden goblets filled with bacchus's gift the board bespread from hence in slumbers soft each sought repose all but the thracian king though far removed still burning all her face her hands and gesture he recalls and paints at pleasure all her beauties yet unseen feeding his flame and sleep repelling far twas morn pandion pressing warm the hand of tereus as they parted while the tears gushed sudden thus bespeaks his friendly care dear son to thee i give her pious claims compel me suppliant let me thee adjure by faith by kindred and by all the gods thy care paternal shall protect the maid and the soft solace of my anxious years speedy restore for each delay is long quick philomela quick my child rejoin thy sire if filial duty sways thee much thy sister's absence pains me speaking thus he pressed with kisses soft the maiden's lips and dripping tears with each behest let fall their hands he asks as pledge of faith and joins their hands in his presented tender begs his salutations to his daughter dear and his young grandson scarce the last adieu choked with deep sighs he breathes his boding mind foreseeing future woes now philomel safely on board the painted vessel placed the land far left as with their labouring oars the surges move exulting tereus cried victorious lo my utmost wishes borne safe with me scarce his burning soul defers his hoped-for joys his eyes are never turned from the loved face thus jove's protected bird rapacious bears with his sharp talons pierced And hare defenceless to his lofty nest no flight remains the spoiler calmly views his prey now ended is their voyage now wearied they quit their ship and joyful touch their native beach and now the thracian king pandion's daughter to a lofty stall conducts by ancient trees the spot well screened there he enclosed the pale the trembling maid of all things fearful as with tears she pressed her sister's face to see his purpose dire disclosing forced the helpless maid came loudly exclaiming to her sire and loud her sister's help invoking equal vain but chief she begs celestial powers to aid trembling she lies so seems a shuddering lamb wounded and from the hoary wolf's fierce jaws just scaped not sure his safety yet he deems so seems a dove her plumes in blood deep drenched with fear still shivering still the hungry claws dreading that lately pierced her soon restored her mental powers while scattered hung the locks rent in her anguish high her arms she raised livid with blows as those that mourn the dead exclaiming o barbarian wretch supreme in cruelty and vice whom not the charge parental sealed with pious tears could move her sister's charge entrusted not her state virgin defenceless not the sacred vows conjugal plighted in confusion all commixed by thee adulterous here i lie against my sister thou a double spouse to both this scourge is sure to me not due why villain not my hated life destroy perfect in deeds atrocious would my breath before the horrid act suppressed had been then had i guiltless sought the shades but still if powers celestial view this act if sway on earth they hold if all not sinks with me thy fate henceforward from me dread myself shall unabashed thy acts proclaim if power is granted when in public walks i roam if here in woods imprisoned all the woods shall with my plaints resound the conscious rocks i'll move may heaven me hear and if in heaven a god abides me here, roused by her words the fierce king's anger burns no less his fear than anger moves him strongly spurred by each his weapon from the pendant sheath he drew dragged by the hair her limbs he forced to yield to fetters twisting rough her arms behind glad philomel to him her throat presents death from the glittering sword expecting grasped in pincers fierce her tongue he tore away grieved and indignant as her father's name she strove to utter trembling still appeared the bloody root trembling the tongue itself murmured as on the gore stained earth it lay as leaps the serpent's severed tail the tongue quivering in death still to her feet advanced this deed of horror done tis said that oft incredible the fact repeated force upon her mangled form the wretch employed now dares he all those acts atrocious done return to procne eager as he comes for philomel she asks false tears and groans he gives the hapless nymph he feigns deceased his tears convince now from her shoulders torn her robes with gold-bright glittering sable vests her limbs enfolded high an empty tomb she raised and pious obsequies performed to manes pretended for her sister's fate she mourned whose fate such mourning ill deserved through twice six signs had phoebus journeyed on the year completing what alas remains for philomela guards prevent her flight of stone erected high the massive walls circle her round her lips so mute refuse the deeds to blazon keen the sense of grief sharpens the soul in misery the mind ingenious sparkles skilful she extends the thracian web and on the snow-white threads in purple letters weaves the dreadful tale complete a servant with expressive signs that present to the queen she bids to bear to procne was it born witless the slave of what he carried savage Tereus' spouse the web unfolded read the mournful tale her hapless sister told and wondrous sat in silence grief her rising words repressed indignant choked her throat refused to breathe the angry accents to her plaining tongue to weep she waits not in turmoil confused justice and flagrance undistinguished lie her mind soul bent for vengeance on her spouse now is the time Scythonia's matrons wont, the rites triennial of the jovial god to tend those rights to conscious shade alone confided rhodope the brazen sound shrill tinkling hears by night by night the queen the palace quits attired as bacchus's rites demand and weaponed with the back and arms a vine her forehead girds the nimble deer clothes with his skin her sides her shoulder bears a slender spear thus maddening procne seeks the woods in ire terrific crowded round by all her followers racked by inward pangs the furious rant of bacchus veils her woes the lonely stable seen at length she howls aloud "Evoy ho and bursts the door drags thence her sister her thence dragged in vests in bacchanalian robes her face enshrouds in, in ivy foliage and astonished leads the trembling damsel o'er the palace steps the horrid dome when philomela saw perforce she entered through her frame she shook the blood her face deserted procne sought a spot retired and from her features flung the sacred trappings and her sister's face sorrowing and blushing to the light unveiled then ran to clasp her she the sight not bore her eyes she raised not her dejected brows bent to the ground thus by her sister seen encroach her on her bed her hand still spoke when oaths she wished to utter and to call the testing gods her foul disgrace by force to prove accomplished furious procme burns nor curbs her ire her sisters streaming tears reproving checks and cries, No period now for tears. We ask the sword. But if than sword vengeance more keen thou hopedst for, sister dear, behold me for most horrid deeds prepared. Shall I with flaming torches blaze on high his hall imperial and the villain king heave in the conflagration? Shall I rend as thine his tongue or from his sockets tear his eyeballs or what other member maim or this or instant send his guilty soul through thousand wounds to judgment? What thou speak'st be mighty i for mightiest acts prepare to fix i hesitate as Procne speaks lo infant itis to his mother runs his sight her mind determines cruel turn her eyes exclaiming see how like his sires appear his features more she spoke not fixed was straight her dread resolve now fiercer burned within her smothered rage yet when the boy approached and round her neck his infant arms threw and his kisses printed on her lips with bland caresses mingled even the soul of Procne melted Mollified her rage, tears hard constrained flowed from unwilling eyes. Soon as the mother's feeling softening seemed to melt in extreme fondness, Procne quits the sight, and to her sister's face reverts again her visage. Then on each in turn full bent her view, she cries, Must one me melt with blandished soothings? Must the other mute, with tongue dismembered, stand? Must he exclaim, O mother, she, O sister, nevermore? To what a spouse, Pandian's daughter, see art thou, degenerate wife, conjoined? i sin a spouse like Tereus, to have used too well more she delays not infantitis drags swift as the indian tiger sweeps the fawn through shady forests then the lofty dome for rooms remote well searched in one arrives where she the infant pierces twixt the breast and side the weapon enters while his hands suppliant his fate foreseeing he extends and mother oh my mother loudly cries nor moved her countenance fell the single wound was deadly philomela with her steel the throat divided and the quivering limbs dissevered whilst of animation still some glimmering sparks remained of these they part in brazen cauldrons boil part on the spit crackling they turn with gore the secret rooms offensive float her unsuspecting spouse prockney to feast invites delusive feigns her country's customs where twas given but one the husband should be nigh all menial slaves far distant on his ancestral seat high lifted Terius sat and feasted there and in his bowels deep he there entombed bowels his own so blind are human souls call itis to the feast he cries no more could procne veil her savage joy full bent the slaughter to announce she loud proclaimed thou seek'st who with thee rests around he looks wondering where rests he philomela rushed her tresses sprinkled with the ireful blood as grieved he itis calling loud and flung with savage fury Itus' gory head full in his father's face nor ever mourned lost speech so much her well-earned joy to show more grieved lost power without cry loud the king o'erturned the table from the stygian veil invoked the vipered sisters hard he strove to tear his bosom and from thence disgorged the dire repast the half digested mass of Itus' limbs now weeping wild he mourns himself his offspring's tomb now fierce pursues Pandian's daughters with his unsheathed sword from him escaping on light wings upborne the athenians seemed light wings their limbs upbore one sheltering in the woods protecting roofs the other seeking still the murderous deed marked on her breast remains still on her plumes the taint of blood is seen rapid in rage and hope of vengeance tereus too is changed and flits a bird a plumy crest he bears high on his head the lengthened sword he bore a beak enormous grows a lapwing now with fierce armed face he flies untimely sought pandean when the mournful tale he heard the stygian shades ere yet the lengthened date of years commanded next the athenian realm erec theus ruled the sceptre dubious held by right or forceful arms proud could he boast four sons and daughters four to him were given beauteous the maids in beauty equal too of these aeolian cephalus was blest with thee a spouse o procris tereus long boreas withstanding with the power of thrace long orythea by the god beloved was loved in vain while soft beseechings more and prayers the power to strenuous force preferred but now those soothings bland so vainly tried fierce swollen with rage his most accustomed feel too much that passion knows this wind he cries well i deserve it all my proper arms relinquished savage fierceness strength stern rage and threatening force with humble softening prayers fool have i sued in each attempt have failed more apt to me is force by force i drive the lowering clouds before me ocean's waves forceful i turn forceful the knotted oak root from its deep foundation hard the frost i bind and beat the sounding earth with hail i win in open sky for there our field lies in display my blustering brethren meet oppose such might that midmost sky resounds echoing our forceful conflict flashing flames from the cleft bodies of the hollow clouds elicited i too earth's secret womb fierce entering in her deepest caverns strain my strength till trembling wide through all her frame the ghosts below are troubled these the aid my nuptial wish should seek no longer pray eryptheus for my sire my sire by force the monarch shall be made so spoke the god or thus or more in fury as he shook his plumes whose motion sweeped through earth's extent and made the wide main tremble lofty hills his dusty mantle covers as the plains rapid he brushes shrouded deep in mist in his dark wings the furious lover clasps his orytheo trembling pale with fear flying his flames were fanned and fiercer blazed nor checked the ravisher his lofty flight till seen the town of Sicones, whose walls received him there the thenian nymph became the freezing monarch's bride a mother there a double birth she brought whose shoulders bare the father's pinions All their semblance else their mothers not at first tis said appeared the feathers Calais and zithis boys were yet unplumed when yet with ruddy hair their beards appeared not from each shoulder shot the feathers birdlike at the selfsame time their manly cheeks were thick with yellow down now when their youth matured to man appeared through seas unploughed before they sought the fleece splendid with glittering wool with all the train of minii in the first built vessel born End of section 12. Section 13 of Metamorphoses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso, Ovid, translated by J. J. Howard. The seventh book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid, part one. Now in the Pagasian vessel born, ploughed the wide sea the Argonauts, and saw the fate of Phineas whose old age the curse of hunger felt and felt perpetual night the youths from boreas sprung quick sped to flight the virgin featured birds his hapless face far distant neath great jason's rule much toil they bore ere on the oozy banks they stayed of rapid faces here the king they seek and here demand the golden fleece and here an answer big with fearful labors learn the grecian crew meantime the royal maid burns with fierce fires with reason struggling long still her hot flame to quench unable cries aloud medea vainly i oppose some unknown god controls perhaps tis love if love tis not no sentiment more near to love can come why else my sires commands so harsh appear but harsh in truth they are but why his failing dread why dread his death but barely seen what cause such fear can give o hapless maid would from my virgin breast those flames to fling were given if mine the power more wisdom would i use but me this force before unknown unwilling drags this love persuades opposed to reason plain i see the better track approve it most yet swerved i tread the worse why royal virgin burn thus for a stranger guest why long'st thou thus a foreign partner in the marriage bed to clasp thy country well can thee supply whate'er thou lovest in the god's decree his death or safety rests yet may he live pray mayst thou for him sure love unconcerned but what has jason done savage indeed were those his youth his birth and brilliant deeds not touched how savage too the soul must be his beauty touched not were there nought beside my bosom sure it moves but were my aid denied the furious bulls with flaming breath his fate would compass or the foes that spring from earth his harvest slay him in the fight or last he'd fall the ravenous dragon's prey if this i suffer from the tiger sprung believe me steel and marble in my breast deem me to wear why not his death behold why not mine eyes with the dread sight pollute why not the bulls the earth-born foes in sight and sleepless dragon with redoubled ire heaven wills it better but let deeds not prayers my time employ how shall i then betray my parents realm an unknown stranger aid with all my power Who by my power preserved loosed to the wind his sails another's spouse becomes me left for punishment behind if this to do another nymph to me born to prefer let him in great be slain but no his face denies it his great soul and graceful form forbid the fear of fraud or benefits forgot yet shall he plight his solemn faith first call the testing gods to witness what he vows what fear i more all's safe medea hasten spurn delay jason remaining life to thee shall owe joined to his state the annual torch shall flame to thee preserver through the grecian towns by crowds of mothers hailed shall i for this my sister leave my brother and my sire my gods and natal land yes fierce my sire my country barbarous and my brother young with all my wishes warm my sister joins and dwells within my breast the mightiest god much i relinquish not but much i seek The glorious title of the grecian youth deliverer gained the sight of lands and towns whose fame even here has journeyed manners mild and cultured arts and jason for my spouse for whom all earth's possessions were too small to change his spouse become supremely blessed dear to the gods the loftiest stars i'll reach what are those rocks they tell which mid the waves meet in encounter fell charybdis what hostile to ships now sucking in the tide now fierce discharging what the savage bounds which compass greedy Scylla mid the main sicilian or the wide-spread ocean borne him whom i love embracing sheltering close in jason's bosom clasped by him no fear my soul could harbour or if fear i felt for him alone i'd treble for my spouse spouse dost thou say Madeir, Hidst thou thus with specious names thy crime behold the load of guilt thou go'st to bear while power remains the sinner void she said and duty shame and rectitude before her eyes appeared and vanquished love addressed his wings to flight now to an ancient altar hecate owned by shady trees dark veiled from day she came her flames abated and her eager pulse subsided Here Isonides she saw and bright her love reblazed warm flushed her cheeks deep all her visage glowed the smallest spark thus low in embers hid its vigour shows helped by the feeding blast increasing burns and stirred in all its wonted fury glows just so the languid passion which but now all but extinct appeared the hero seen fresh at his beauteous presence flamed by chance more beauteous jason on that morn appeared well might a lover all her love excuse she looks his countenance with her eyes devours as then first seen and madly fond she deems his features more than mortal bashful turned her forehead not from his and when her guest addressed her when he gently took her hands and craved assistance in an humble tone the nuptial promise giving plenteous flowed her tears exclaiming what i should perform plainly i see not ignorance me misleads but love my gifts shall aid you you but keep the promise pledged sacred the hero swears by her the triformed goddess whom that grove acknowledges divine and by the god whence sprung the sire-in-law he hopes to claim the god who all beholds by all his deeds achieved and by his perils all he swears his words believed immediate he receives the magic plants their use well taught and seeks the roof rejoicing now the morn had driven the glimmering stars far distant crowding pressed the people in the sacred field of mars the king himself amidst them seated high in purple clad with ivory sceptre graced lo come the brazen-footed bulls who breathe through nostrils fenced with adamant hot flames parched by their breath the herbage blackened bones. Loud as the blazing forger's chimney roars, or loud as lime in earthy furnace laid, bursts into heat by watery sprinklings touched. So loud within their flaming chests contained the struggling fires loud bellowed, scorched their throats the sound transmitted, boldly Eason's son marched onward. Fiercely as the youth approached, his foes dark lowered, and bent their steel-tipped horns, poured with their clefted hoofs the dusty ground, and filled with smoky bellowings all the air pale grew each grecian face advancing on the fiery blasts he feels not such the power the mighty charms possess but boldly strokes their dewlaps pendulous and to the yoke subjected makes them drag the ponderous plough and with the iron cut uncustomed would soil the colchian's wondering gaze the grecian's loud applaud and with fresh courage fill his soul then from his brazen helmet plucked he sows the serpent's teeth deep in the furrowed ground the ground the teeth with powerful venom tinged softened and swelled them and a novel shape imparted thus within the parents womb and human shape the infant mass receives completed perfect in the dark recess nor till mature to air external given so when the manly forms were perfect made within earth's pregnant bowels up they sprung thick in the fruitful field more wondrous still their arms they clashed when born then when the greeks their keenly pointed spears preparing sore to hurl at jason's head low sunk their souls and pallid grew their cheeks medea even whose art insured his safety trembling feared when single she the youth beheld assailed by foes in hosts bloodless her face became and tremor seized her limbs then lest the herbs presented first should fail in power she sings an helping magic song and all her arts latent calls forth amidst the hostile crowd a mighty rock he flings their martial rage from him diverted on each other turns by mutual wounds the earth-born brothers fall in civil discord perish joyed again the grecians clasp the conqueror in their arms thou too my dear wished thine arms to fill with him victorious shame at first repressed thy open fondness though thou wast embraced now reputation awes thee now prevents that bliss what honour gives silent to joy and poor glad thanks to all thy magic arts and gods their authors those thou darest indulge now soul remains by powerful herbs to lull the wakeful dragon whose high-crested head a triple tongue contains whose crooked fangs dreadful the golden fleece protecting guards him when be sprinkled with the juices pressed from plants lithean and repeated thrice the words which placid sleep inspire which still the ruffled ocean and arrest the course of rapid torrents sleep before unknown stole o'er his eyelids and the disonian youth seized on the golden prize proud with the spoil a second spoil possessing she who gave the power to conquer as his wife he bears and lands triumphant on thessalia's shores mothers of thessaly and aged sires for sons restored glad offerings bring bright flames the high heaped incense votive victims decked with gilded horns are slain but ison far the grateful crowd avoids now near his fate bent by a weight of years hence jason spoke o spouse to thee my life and safety owed to me thou all hast given the high swollen sum of all thy favours might belief surpass this more attempt if this thou canst and what thy magic power defies my years curtail and to my sire's existence add the term fast flowed his tears while speaking while he spoke his pious duty moved medea quick her sire aeza so deserted sprung to thought and showed the two contrasting souls but veiled her secret thoughts she thus replies what impious accents hear i from thy tongue o spouse religious can i then transfer of thy existence part not hecate's power fateful would sanction this nor stands thy wish in equity yet jason will i try more than thou seek'st to give with all my skill thy sire's existence to prolong thy years unshortened should the triformed goddess aid propitious my designs three nights were now deficient ere the full formed horns could meet the lunar orb to fill complete her round a solid sphere of light from earth beheld medea wanders forth loose all her robes naked her feet bareheaded while her hair wild o'er her shoulders floats and thus arrayed untended while deep midnight silence reigns she bends her devious way men beasts and birds in bonds of sleep were chained the hedges still no murmur breathed nor waved the silent trees hushed was the humid sky the stars alone twinkled to them her arms extending thrice she turned around thrice from the flowing stream her tresses sprinkled thrice with yelling noise the silence broke then with her bended knee the hard earth pressing cried o night thou friend of secret deeds ye glittering stars whose rays with lunas soul's diurnal light succeed. And thou, O Hecate, triple formed, who know'st my undertaking, and approaching aid'st with incantations, and with magic powers. And thou, O earth, whose bosom witching plants affords, ye winds, ye skies, ye mountains, lakes, and flowing streams. O all ye gods, who dwell in shady woods, and all ye gods of night, hither approach, by whose high power at will rivers i cause between their wandering banks back to their springs to flow the stormy deep hush by my song or lash it into rage clouds form or clouds dispel raise furious blasts or furious blasts allay smite with my song the dragon's furious jaws the living rocks i shake uproot the oak the earth upturn move forests bid the trembling mountains leap loud roar the ground and from the tombs the ghosts affrighted walk the luna too i draw from heaven by all the threatening clash of brass deterred not pale the brighter car becomes my spells once uttered by my poisons charmed pallid aurora seems you plants for me blunted the ardour of the flaming bulls pressed with the yoke their necks impatient bent and dragged the crooked plough you bade the race snake born upon themselves their warring rage to turn in sleep the roaring dragon's eyes you steeped the guard eluded sent the prize to glad the towns of greece now have i need of renovating herbs to make old age glow once again in all its youthful bloom this will you grant for sure those stars in vain not sparkle nor in vain the chariot comes drawn by the dragons winged the chariot comes swift sweeping through the air active she mounts strokes the ranged dragon's manes and shakes the thongs on high they soar the salian tempi far beneath she views then toward the chalky land her snakes directs on ossa's top explores for plants and seeks what lofty Pelion bears othrys and pindus and olympus huge what please her part she with their root-up drags part with her crooked brazen sickle mows apidanus and on their banks many afforded nor inepaeus scaped peneus and spercaeus and the rushy shores of baebe some contributed she plucked in anthodon the living grass whose power then glaucus's form unchanged was yet unknown now had nine days now had nine nights elapsed borne on her dragon wings and in her car wandering the fields among ere back she turned unfed her dragons save by odorous smells yet had they shed their scales with youth renewed arrived without the palace gate she stays and there soul sheltered by the sky all touch of man denying altars too she rears of turf sacred to hecate stood the right to youth the left when these with vervain bound and forest boughs here sacrifice she makes hard by two trenches scoops from out the ground smites with her weapon in the sable throat a sheep presented in the open ditch empties the blood then bowls of wine she pours and bowls of smoking milk with mystic words invokes the powers terrestrial begs the king of shades and begs his ravished spouse to aid nor of his soul the aged king defraud these when with lengthened prayers and murmurings long appeased she bids them toward the altars bring the feeble his exhausted limbs bound in deep slumber by her magic power coarse like she lays extended on the grass then jason bids and his attendant crew far thence depart nor with their view profane her acts mysterious as she bids they go medea then the flaming altars round in bacchanalian guise her flowing locks circles and in the ditches blackening gore her splintered torches dips with blood imbued burns them upon her altars thrice with fire with sulphur thrice and thrice with flowing streams the sire she lustrates heated now in brass her powerful medicines bubble high and white the swelling froth appears there boils she all the roots in vales, ammonian dug and seeds and flowers and juices dark gems unto these sought in the distant east she adds and adds what on the sand the refluent ocean leaves more still the night-long moon collected dew she brings the dismal owl's flesh and wings the entrails of the wolf ambiguous won't his savage face in human guise to wear nor wanted there the scaly skin which clothes amphibious snake syniphion long and small the beak and head a crow nine ages bore she adds now was the foreign dame prepared by help of these and nameless thousands more the promised boon to give the whole she stirs deep from the bottom with a bough long rent from the mild olive lo the withered branch the boiling cauldron stirring sudden shoots in virid freshness shortly leaves bud forth and soon it bends beneath a load of fruit where'er the fire above the hollow brass the bubbling foam high raised and boiling drops sprinkled the ground the ground with verdure smiled flowers and soft herbage sprung medea sees and with her weapon opes the senior's throat his aged blood exhausted sees and pours her juices copious part his mouth receives and part the wound when he's on these had drank their hoary whiteness lost his beard and hair an ebon tinge received his leanness fled his pallid ghastly face no more was seen his hollow veins with added blood were filled and all his limbs in lusty plumpness swelled the wandering Eson such himself beheld as the last forty years he ne'er had passed bacchus from heaven surveyed the mighty change wondrous and hence that power was given he found his nurses to restore to youthful years the boon from Tither's asking he obtained. Nor cease the frauds yet of the Phasian dame. Fierce hatred against her by her spouse she feigns, And flies to Peleus's court, A suppliant there, his daughters hail her guest, The sire bent down with age. The crafty Colchian these beguiles soon, With her well-dissembled friendship's form. Amid her mighty benefits she tells Eson's old age removed, Relating all on this she chiefly dwells hope sudden springs within their virgin breasts Peleus, their sire such art they trust may yet revivify that art they sue for highest claimed reward to her they promise mute at first she stands and feigning doubt in hesitation holds and anxious poise their eager minds at last she says when promising that in the deed more faith ye may confide a leading ram the oldest in your fleecy flocks a lamb my medicine shall transform Instant was dragged the woolly beast, whose wreathing horns around his hollow temples curled, whose withered throat the steel Thessalian stabbed, the scanty blood the steel scarce spotting. Then the enchantress steeps his mangled body in the cauldron deep, with juices powerful. Smaller grow his limbs, shed are his horns, and vanished are his ears, and from the cauldron tender bleatings sound. Instant leaps forth to all the wandering crowd the bleating lamb, which frisking flies and seeks the swelling teats with admiration struck now peleus's daughters faith unshaken give more urgent press their wish thrice had the sun merged in the iberian sea unyoked his steeds and the fourth night the glittering stars had shone when o'er the fire pure water from the stream and powerless plants the false medea placed now all in sleep relaxed a death-like sleep the monarch's limbs were stretched and with their king his guards lay dormant so her magic words and magic tongue had doomed medea leads across the steps the daughters bidden by her his couch they compass why o feeble souls thus hesitate she said your swords unsheath pour out his far-spent gore that i may fill with youthful vigorous blood his emptied veins your father's life and years are in your hands if sways you piety if empty hopes wavering deceive you not then well deserve by duty to your sire quickly expel with weapons his old age Let issue forth his now congealing blood with brandished steel. Exhorted thus, most pious she who feels first impious acts, A wicked deed performs, lest wicked she were called. Yet on the blow not one would bend her sight, With eyes averse their savage hands the unseen wounds inflict. Flowing with gore, he from the bed upraised his limbs, And from his posture strove half torn to rise, And stretching forth his pallid arms, Mid all their threatening swords, Daughters, he cries, what do ye? why against your parents life thus arm ye sink their spirits drop their hands his throat medea severing stayed the words he more had uttered and the mangled course deep in the boiling brazen cauldron flung she now but through the air on dragon wings high-born their furious vengeance had not scaped o'er shady pelion high she flew and o'er the cave of chiron Othris, and the spot for old serambus's strange adventure known upborne on wings by kindly aiding nymphs here when the solid earth th encroaching main wide deluged flying safe deucalion's flood he scaped aeolian pitane to left she quits and sees the dragon huge to stone an image turned and ida's grove where changed by bacchus's power the steer a stag became to screen the theft and where beneath the sand a little sand corythus's father lies and fields which mara's new-heard howlings fill eurypylus's famed town where Coan dames what time the troops of hercules them left with horns were crowned and phoebus's favoured roads gelician Telkines, whose hateful eyes all vitiating jove detesting whelmed beneath his brother's waves she passes next carthaea's walls in ancient Caeas isle where wondering saw alcimardus the sire a placid dove his daughter's body bear and harier's lake she sees and Tempe's pool sicneian which the swan so sudden formed frequented phileas there a willing slave birds and fierce beasts to his capricious boy oft brought e'en lions tamed a furious bull he bade him bring a furious bull he brought but now in colour at his craving soul the bull refused though as the last gift claimed indignant cried he soon you'll wish him given and from the high rock plunged all thought he fell but formed a swan lightly he poised in air on snowy wings hyrie her son thus saved knew not by constant weeping soon dissolved the lake becoming that still bears her name near this is pleuron Ophian fiancombe here wafted on wings her murderous sons escaped thence she beholds latona's favorite isle Caloria, where to birds the royal pair were changed selene on the right is placed where like the savage herd menephron sought his mother's bed far hence she spies in tears suffices for his nephew's fate who mourned changed by apollo to a sea-calf huge and saw eumelus's dome who wept his child a bird become at length on dragon wings pyrenean corinth she regained where tell the ancient tales in primal ages men from shower-fed mushrooms sprung here first was flamed in colchian venom's fierce the new-made bride then either sea in blazing spires beheld the royal dome and with her children's gore her impious sword was stained thus on herself revenged from royal jason's wrath she fled born hence her snake's titanian reached the walls of pallas's city where most just of men o phineas thou and periphas the old with Polyphemon's niece as birds are seen soaring aloft in air on new-formed wings here Aegeus's roof received her for this deed alone to blame not satisfied as host in marriage bonds he makes her more his own now theseus comes son to his sire unknown whose brave achievements all the two-seed land in peace had settled for his death she mixed the baneful aconite long since from shores of scythia brought which thus old tales relate from cerberus venomed jaws was first produced through a dark den with gloomy opening lies a path steep shelving where alcides dragged fierce cerberus to light resisting strong glancing asconce his eyes from day whose rays sparkled too bright in adamantine chains with rabid anger swollen a triple yell filled all the air he o'er the virid plain sprinkled white foam increasing fast this shoots the fruitful soil fresh virulence imparts and rancour grows its power from hardest rocks it lively springs and aconite hence named this did old aegeus by his crafty spouse deceived to theseus as a foe present unwitting theseus in his hand received the cup presented when the sire espied upon his ivory-hilted sword a mark which proved his offspring from his lips he dashed the poison wrapped in clouds by magic raised the sorceress from their furious vengeance fled the sire though joyed his son in safety found trembles astonished at the narrow scape and horrid crime premeditated burns on every altar fires to every god piles costly gifts full on the brawny neck of oxen falls their horns with garlands bound the sacrificing axe ne'er till that day had athens town such joyous feasting scene nobles and commons crowd around the board and thus by wine inspired sublime they sing thee mighty theseus marathon admires stained by the vanquished cretan bull's black gore thy aid the swains of chromian own thou gavest that now secure they till their fields the land of epidaurus saw the club-armed son of vulcan slain by thee by thee beheld sophyses shores the fierce procrustes die ceres Eleusis, hailed circian's fall sinis thou sluiced gifted with strength ill-used his strength high trees could bend and oft he dragged close down to earth the loftiest tops of pines thus rent the bodies of his victims wide safe now extends the road to lelex's walls scyron low laid earth to the robber's limbs wide scattered rest refuses to his bones ocean a tomb denies long widely tossed age hardens into rock his last remains his name the rock still bears, should we thy age and actions count, thy famous deeds by far thy years outnumber. O most brave of men, for thee the public vows ascend, to thee in Bacchus's bowl we drink, the royal hall resounds with all the grateful people's praise, nor through the city glooms one sorrowing spot. End of section 13 Section 14 of Metamorphoses this LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso. Ovid. Translated by J. J. Howard. The seventh book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid. Part two. And yet, so seldom pleasure comes unmixed, but still some cares with joy will intervene, while Aegeus, gladdened that his son secure arrived, Minos for furious war prepares strong though his troops and though his navy strong his utmost strength was in paternal rage and with just arms androgeus's death to avenge he wars yet first auxiliar strength he gains and powerful sweeps the seas with flying ships first anephe joins him and astepalia urged by promise this and that by threats constrained lo Mycenae, Symolus's chalky fields bright sythnos Skyros, flat Seriphus's isle the marble paros and the fort betrayed for gold demanded by the impious nymph scythonian still for gold she anxious seeks though changed a bird on sable pinions borne with sable feet she flutters as a door But toliares and didyme unite and Gyarus, andros tenas all refuse with peperethus in bright olives rich to aid the Nosian fleet thence to the left steering inopia's regions minas sought inopia called of old Aegina now iacus his mother's honoured name in crowds the people rush and pant to view so highly famed a prince to meet him go first telamon then peleus next in age and Phocus third and last even iacus with years oppressed steps tardy forth and asks the visit's cause the hundred king deep sighs his grief paternal all renewed and thus replies my arms o king assist assumed just vengeance for a son to claim partake this pious war peace to his manes i seek but asopiades replies in vain you ask my city cannot aid no lands by neighbouring sight more closely bound than ours and athens hence our league the king angry departs exclaiming much your league may cost you but to threaten war more safe he deems than wage it there and waste his force still from inopia's walls the fleet was seen not distant far when sped by swelling sail an attic ship arrived the friendly port entered on board was cephalus who bore his country's message well the royal youths the hero knew though long time past beheld and gave the friendly hand and welcome led to their paternal dome the graceful chief enters retaining still evincing marks of pristine beauty in his hand he bears a branch of native olive in the midst senior he stands and younger on each side Clitus and beauties Pallas' sons complete their friendly salutations next to the words the athenians bade him cephalus reports their aid demands their ancient league recounts the oaths their fathers swore and adds all greece might perish in their ruin when their cause with eloquence the messenger thus urged on his bright sceptre as his left hand leaned take o athenians Aeacus exclaimed not ask our aid unhesitating draw what force this isle possesses and with yours employ it With you shall my strongest power march forth strength want we not our numerous troops abundant for ourselves and friends suffice praised be the gods such is our happy state your wish defies evasion still may grow said cephalus your prosperous city's state and yours what transport seized me as i walked to see each youth so fair so equal aged of all who met me yet in vain i looked for many features known when last your walls received me the with deep-drawn sighs and sorrowing voice thus answers better fate completed what a mournful sight began would i in full, could all the facts relate now unconnected must i speak or tire your ear with words superfluous whom you seek whom you remember bones and ashes rest but small their numbers heavens how small to those my people who have sunk in death beside a dreadful plague the angry juno shed unjust upon the natives of the land detested that her rival's name it bore. While human seemed the scourge, the noxious cause of slaughter yet concealed with physics skill we strove. In vain, death mocked the power of art. At first, thick darkness heavy pressed the earth, pregnant with heat rolled on the lazy clouds. Four times the full-orbed moon had joined her horns, four times diminished, had she disappeared. Still the hot south wind blew his deadly blasts, our lakes and fountains from the infected air contagion sucked millions of vipers swarmed in our uncultured fields our running streams tainting with poison first the sudden plague its power displayed on sheep on dogs on fowls cattle and forest beasts with deadly power the hapless plowman wondering at his work sees his strong oxen in the furrow sink the woolly flocks with sickly bleatings waste in body while their wool spontaneous falls the steed so fiery on the dusty plain so famed the palm contemns and all despised his ancient honours and his manger groans prey to disease inglorious his fierce rage the boar forgets the stag neglects his speed not rush the bears upon the stronger herds a general languor reigns in woods in fields in ways the filthy carcasses are seen the stench pollutes the air and wondrous dogs nor birds rapacious nor the grisly wolves touch the dead spoil rotting they melt away poisoning the gale and spreading wide the pest now the disease a heavier scourge attacks the hapless swains and in the lofty walls of cities rules first the scorched vitals burn the hidden fire the blushing skin betrays and breath laborious drawn the furred tongue swells the parched mouth widely gapes the infectious air inhaling copious on the couch none lie none bear their covering robes their bodies swollen on the bare earth they fling nor coolness find their bodies from the ground the ground from them burns hot nor aids them now physician's skill in them the dire pest seizes and their art fails to assist themselves who boldly comes with kindly hand his dying friend to aid sinks straight in death beside him fled all hope of health and in the grave alone an end beheld of their disease some wild indulge their fondest passions void of every care for every care is vain Of modest shame, regardless, in promiscuous throngs they crowd To rivers, fountains, and capacious wells, Their hot thirst unextinguished, but with life. To rise unable, many in the stream sink, and there perish. Still their followers drink. So irksome to the wretched sufferers seem their couches, Thence they spring, and some too weak to lift their limbs Roll desperate to the ground. Each quits his home, to each his home appears the fatal spot while obscure the cause each deems the house contagious oft were seen beings half dead slow crawling o'er the ways till power to crawl was lost others with moans stretched on the ground rolling their half-closed eyes in final motion raising high their arms to heavens or hanging stars breathe out their last caught here by death and there ah me what then my mind employed what but to loathe my life and pray with my dear countrymen to die whatever side mine eyes were bent i saw my people strewn thick as the mellow fruit shook from the branches or the acorns lie observe that temple lofty where it towers to jove tis sacred who to that high fane their useless incense brought not there how oft wife for her husband parent for her child before the inexorable altar breathed their dying gasp mid deprecating prayers and half their incense unconsumed remained how oft the oxen to the temple dragged while now the priest his voice addressed and poured the goblet o'er their foreheads have they dropped by stroke unlooked for when myself to jove wished sacrifice to offer up for me my country and my sons the victim loud dire lowings uttered and without a blow fell sudden scarce with blood the wounding knife was stained the morbid inwards mocked our wish to learn the truth and pleasure of the gods the deep fixed plague had to the bowels pierced before the sacred portals have i seen the courses spread before the altars too as death would come in his most hideous form some with the cord life's passage choke and seek death lest they death should meet madly they rush and voluntary meet approaching fate the bodies plunged in death funereal rites customed received not nor the numerous dead could all the gates receive or uninhumed above the earth they lie or on the pyre unhonoured by due rites the bodies flame all sense of reverence lost for piles they fight and burn their dead in fires which others own to mourn a none unwept the shadows roam of young and old alike of sons and sires the ground for graves too small for fires the woods aghast this whirlwind of distress to view o jove i cried if false they not report that once you in egena's arms were clasped if not o mighty sire ashamed to own yourself my parent give my people back or give me death with them a rattling sign he gave and prosperous thunders rolled i spoke these omens i accept and pray these signs may indicate your happy will as pledge i take them nigh by chance an oak there stood thick-set with spreading boughs jove's sacred tree sprung from dodona's stock here i beheld grain-gathering ants each burdened with his load in his small mouth as o'er the rugged bark in lengthened file they marched the numerous crowds admiring Best of fathers, I exclaimed, so many subjects grant me to refill my desert walls. Trembled the lofty oak, of wind no breath, yet moved the sounding boughs. With terror shook my limbs, and upright reared my hair. Then kisses to the ground I gave, and kissed the oak. Scarce hope I dared to feel, yet still I nourished hope within my soul. Night comes, my body worn with cares, to sleep obedience yielded. Still before mine eyes the oak appeared, branches the same it bore. And on its branches seemed the swarms the same so moved the boughs and on the grass below shook the corn carrying crowd sudden they grew large and more large they seemed as from the ground themselves they raised and stood in form erect their slender make their numerous feet their hue of sable disappeared and all their limbs and human shape confessed sleep fled mine eyes and fled my vision as by heaven not marked complaining far without the hall i heard a murmuring loud and human seemed the sounds. Though strange to mine ears, musing if still I slept not, lo, quick, Telamon approached, wide through the doors, and cried, O sire, behold, what hope, what faith surpasses! Forth I come, such men as in my dream my fancy saw, I see. I know them, man by man, again. They come, and kings salute me, unto Jove my votive thanks I pay, my city's share amongst my subjects new, and all my lands of those who tilled them empty. Myrmidons, from whence they sprung, I call them. You have seen their bodies, still their habits are the same. A frugal race, as wont, patient of toil, on gain still bent, tenacious of that gain. These equal all in courage and in years, shall follow you to battle. When the east, which blew you here so prosperous, for the east had brought him, to the southern gales shall yield. With these and such like speeches, all the day they sit conversing. Evening they devote to banquets, and the night to soft repose. Saul raised his golden head, but Eurus still prevailed, and bound their sails. Now Pallas' sons to Cephalus, their chief in years, repair, and to the king with Pallas's sons he goes, but still deep-wrapped in sleep the king was laid. Phocus received them at the gates, employed were Telamon and Peleus, troops to choose for the new war, the Athenian chief he leads within the palace to the fairest rooms when all were seated focus marked the dart the hero bore shaped from a wood unknown pointed with gold and said with prefaced words to range the forests and fierce beasts to slay is all my joy yet long in doubt i've stood what tree this dart has formed for ash too pale too smooth for cornel though from whence it comes so ignorant ne'er before mine eyes beheld a fairer weapon palace's son addressed the youth the javelin's use you'll more admire than beauty Thrown where'er, its market gains, unruled by erring chance, and bloody back instant returns. Then Focus Curious asks more full its story, how and whence it came, and who the author of so prized a gift. Cephalus informs, but shame denies to tell the whole, and what the present's price. Full to his mind his consort's loss recalled, tears sudden gushed. O goddess-born, he cries, this dart, improbable howe'er, my tears has often caused and long will make them flow if fate long life should grant my dear loved spouse this dart destroyed oh that this fatal gift had still been unpossessed procris allied to stolen orythea if orythea's fame uraeus has reached was as her sister fair nay matched in form and manners she might more the robber tempt. her sire erechthens joined to me the maid us love more firmly bound blessed was i called and blessed i was indeed and still were blessed but heaven else willed my fate now had the second month connubial joys beheld when chasing dusky darkness far aurora ruddy saw me on the heights hymettus flowery rears as there my toils for antlered stags i spread and there by force she clasped me truth i wish to guide my tongue nor yet displease the goddess when i swear though bright her roseate cheeks though wide she sways of night and day the confines Though she quaffs nectarian liquid still i procris loved still in my bosom procris reigned and still procris my tongue repeated oft i urged the sacred couch the new felt joys the rites so recent and the plighted faith just given to her deserted when the goddess flamed exclaiming ingrate cease thy doleful plaints enjoy thy procris if i right foresee thou'lt rue that wished enjoyment angry thus she fled me slow returning much i mused the goddess's words recalling fear me thrilled lest procris had her nuptial oaths profaned her age her beauty much suspicion moved her virtue bade me chase my fears as vain yet was i absent and from whence i came proved how adulterous females might indulge suspicious love fears all studious i seek what found would rack with torture and i burn to bribe with gifts and try her modest faith Aurora aids my fears, my shape transforms. Conscious I felt it. To Minerva's town, to all unknown, I hastened and my house entered, the house in faultless guise I found. Chaste all appeared, and anxious all were seen for their lost master. By a thousand arts, Erechtheus's daughter I at length beheld, and seen was staggered, near my purposed proof relinquished of fidelity, most hard the cheat to tell not, to refrain most hard from conjugal salutes. Sad she appeared but nought more lovely could in sadness seem burning in wishes for her absent spouse image o focus what her beauteous face could boast a face that woe itself became why should i tell how oft her virtuous soul repulsed my tempting offers why repeat how oft she cried for one myself i keep for one where'er he stays my joys preserve whose mad suspicion would not this allay this proof of faith but i not so content strive for my own confusion lavish gifts i proffer for the joys of one short night more and more rich i heap them till her breast wavers then loud exclaim lo here behold adulterous one unluckily disguised unluckily betrothed thy lawful spouse perfidious by those eyes convinced i stand nought she with silent shame o'ercome she fled the house deceitful and her hated spouse with me offended all the race of men detesting on the mountain tops she roved diana's sports close following fiercer love flamed in my bosom thus deserted left i sued for pardon and my fault i owned swore that myself so tempted so had erred by such high offers bribed confessing thus her wounded modest pride grew more composed and shortly i regained her long in peace we lived and cordial spent the smiling years herself a gift she prized not more she gave an hound she from diana's hand received who said accept the fleetest of his race, and gave this javelin which you see me bear. If of the first the fate you seek to know, attend, the adventure will your wonder move. The son of Laeus had the words explained before his time to every mind obscure, and the dark prophetess down headlong flung, laid lifeless, all her riddling tales forgot. Her fostering Themis saw, and unrevenged to lie not suffered. Straight another plague on Thebes was loosed and all the country swains feared by the savage beast their flocks to lose and feared their own destruction with the youths adjacent i assembled round the fields our toils we fix the toils the rapid beast o'er leaps high bounding above the loftiest ropes stretched o'er the nets with active spring he flies the hounds uncoupled in the chase he mocks and like an agile bird before them plays without cries loud for Lelap's aid they call my procris's gift so named long had he tugged to extricate him from the chain to free his captive neck scarce was he loosed so swift he shot in vain our eyes his progress marked in the light dust his feet were printed he wrapped from the view was vanished swifter flies the darted spear not nor the leaden ball hurled from the whirling sling nor reedy darts shot from the cretan bow the central hill high towering all the subject plains 'er o'erlooks. thither i climb and there behold the chase a novel scene now seems the beast safe caught now from the grasp light springing flight right on crafty he shuns and doubles round the field cheating his chaser's mouth and circling turns his foe's quick speed eluding swift he flies with equal swiftness followed now to grasp his prey seems laylapse in his grasp deceived his empty jaws seize air now to my aid i call my javelin poise it for the blow and bend mine eyes the thongs to fix secure again i lift them to behold the chase and see astonished in the spacious plain two marble statues this to fly appears that barking seems to follow so decreed doubtless the gods that in the arduous course unconquered each his glory might retain thus far he spoke then silent sat what crime said focus has the javelin then performed and thus the javelin's fault the hero tells since joys supreme my sorrows first forewent, let me o focus first those joys recount o youth how it delights me to retrace those happy moments when supremely blest in her the primal years were joyous spent she equal happy in her darling spouse each mind of mutual care a portion bore and love's connubial joys each equal shared jove's proffered couch with my embrace compared procrus had spurned nor could the loveliest nymph me tempt though venus's self had deigned to sue in either breast an equal ardour flamed in youthful guise i wont the woods to scour for sport betimes, ere yet the sun had tinged with early beams the lofty mountain's tops. Nor took I servants, nor the of fleet, nor hounds sharp scented, nor the knotted snares. This dart my sole dependence. When my arm with slaughtered spoil was satiate, tired I sought the cooling shade, and sought where aura breathed in frigid vales her breezes. Midst the heat, refreshing air I sought, and aura called, my labour's recreation. Thus I sung, I well the words remember. Aura, come, come, my delight, within my bosom creep, most grateful friend, come, and as won't remove my inward flames. By chance more tender words so swayed my destiny to these I joined. And thus I spoke. O thou, my greatest joy, refreshing, cherishing my strength and power, for thee these woods and lonely spots I love. Here does my wishing mouth thy breath inhale. These words ambiguous, busy ears received, And aura, aura, oft invoked, they deem a favoured nymph. A nymph by me beloved, the rash informer with the imaged wrong, my procris seeks, his whispering tongue relates the words o'erheard. Love credulous believes, oppressed with grief, she sudden sunk when heard the tale, and long she unrecovered laid. Then, hapless wife, o oh wayward fate, she cries, My broken faith bewails, and with my crime imagined, troubled, fears what not exists. A name without a being. Much she grieves, as real were her rival. Yet full oft, staggered, she doubts, and hopes herself deceived. Trusts not the informer, and her husband's fault, unless beheld, refuses to believe. When next Aurora bade the darkness fly, I sallied forth and sought the customed wood. Then, tired with conquest, on the grass I stretched, and Come, dear Aurora, ease my pain, I cried. Sudden a mournful sigh betwixt my words I heard, but still proceeded. Dearest, come! again the falling leaves a rustling sound causing a savage beast i thought lay hid and hurled my faithful dart procris was there and as her tender breast the blow received alas she cried my faithful spouse's voice i knew and with distracted speed i ran half dead i found her all her robes disdained with flowing blood and dragging from the wound ah me her fatal gift my guilty arms her body dearer far than mine support my vest i rend the cruel gash to bind and check the gushing blood i fearful pray she will not leave me guilty of her fate she now her strength fast wasting dying fast these words to utter tried suppliant i beg by all the oaths that formed our nuptial ties by all the gods and goddesses above by all my actions which have given you joy by that strong love which thus my fate has caused which now in death my bosom still retains let not this aura to my bed succeed she said too late i learned too late i told the error of the name for what availed? she sinks her small remaining strength is fled her last blood flows while aught she seems to view on me she bends her eyes her hapless soul my lips inhale yet pleased her brow appears in death more calm from what i just explained thus grieving cephalus concludes and all his audience with him weep when lo appear king iarchus his sons and troops new raised whom Cephalus in warlike strength receives. End of section 14 Section 15 of Metamorphoses This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso Ovid Translated by J. J. Howard The Eighth Book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid Part 1 Now leading Phosphor's shining day disclosed, the darkness flying, and the eastern gales lulled into calm, the vapoury clouds arose, the placid south befriending, rapid-born, the hero Cephalus and aiding troops ride unexpected in their wished-for port. Minos, meanwhile, the Lilegean coast lays waste, and on Alcathoe's town his power essays here Nisus ruled whose reverent locks of silvery brightness in the midst contained one with rich purple splendid sacred pledge of fortune to his kingdom six times seen were luna's horns arising fresh renewed still hovered conquest doubtful o'er the war on wavering pinions twixt opposing hosts a regal tower its vocal walls high reared where once latona's son his golden lyre rested the music still the stones retained oft here the beauteous daughter of the king ascended and the latent music drew forth to the ear by smallest pebbles struck thus she in peaceful times and here she oft when war was raging ventured hence she saw the rough encounters of the furious field so long the tedious warfare well she knew the leaders names their arms their prancing steeds and knew their garments and their cretan bows far beyond all europa's sun she knew more than became her state this Minos well could prove whose head in crested helmet hid most beauteous helm appeared whose arm adorned with brazen shield refulgent well became the brazen shield whose hand the tough lance whirled and back withdrawn the virgin wondering praised such strength and skill combined to fit the dart when to the spreading bow his strength he bent she vowed that phoebus in such posture stood his arrows fitting when his brazen cask relinquished all his features shone displayed as purple robed his snow-white steed he pressed in painted housings gay and curbed his jaws white foaming then the lost nicene maid scarcely herself in frantic rapture spoke "Blessed called the javelin that his hands it touched Blessed called the reins he curbed arduous she burns could she through hostile ranks her virgin steps to bend arduous she burns from loftiest towers to fling her body in the cretan camp the brazen portals of the city's walls wide to the foe she would dope what could she not that minos willed as resting here she viewed the white pavilion of the Nossian king dubious she cried or should i grieve or joy this mournful war to witness grieve i must that minos so beloved should be my foe but had the war not been his lovely face had ne'er to me been known now war may cease should i become the hostage i retained as minos's comrade and the pledge of peace fairest of forms if she who brought thee forth resembled thee well might an amorous god burn for her beauty oh thrice blessed were i if borne through air on lightly waving wings the cretan monarch's camp i might explore and there my rank and love disclosed demand what dowry he would ask to be my spouse my country's towers alone he should not seek perish the joys of his expected bed ere i through treason gain them yet full oft a moderate victor's clemency affords great blessings to the vanquished doubtless he just warfare wages for his murdered son strong in his cause and in his armies strong which aid that cause he must the conquest gain why if this fate my country waits should war and not my love unbar to him the gates so may he conquer slaughter toil and blood his own dear blood avoided how i dread lest some rash hand might that loved bosom wound none but the ignorant sure the savage spear at him would hurl the scheme delights my soul fixed my resolve my country as my dower will i deliver finish so the war but what are resolutions watchful guards the passes keep of every gate the keys my father careful holds hapless i dread my father only he alone withstands my wishes would that so the gods had doomed i had no parent but to each himself a god may surely be and fortune spurns lazy beseechers with such love inflamed another maid had long ere now destroyed all barriers to her bliss and why than i should any dare more boldly fearless i through swords and flames would pass but swords and flames oppose me not in this my sole desire comprised in one small lock of nisus's hair than gold that prize more dear that purple lock most blessed would make me and my sole desires encompass speaking thus the gloomy night imperial nurse of cares approached more bold her daring project with the darkness grew. Now primal slumbers ruled o'er weary breasts, tired with their toil diurnal. Silent she her father's chamber enters, and, oh dire, the daughter from her parents' head divides the fateful lock. Her wicked prize possessed, forth from the gate she issues, and the spoil so cursed with her bears. As through the hosts such boldness gave the deed, she seeks the king, whom thus astonished and aghast she hails. To wicked deeds love sways, Behold me here, Scylla, from royal Nisus sprung, To thee, my household gods and country, I betray, Thee sole reward I seek, Pledge of my faith this purple lock receive, And with this lock receive my parent's head. Then in her hand the impious gift presented, Minos spurned the parricidal present, Deeply shocked a deed so base to witness, and exclaimed, may all the gods from every part of earth thee banish scandal of our age may land and sea alike reject thee such a soul so monstrous ne'er with me shall touch the shores of crete my land and cradle of high jove he said and on his captive foes imposed most just his equal laws his men bade loose their cables from the beach and with their oars his vessels bright with brass urge on the deep launched on the main when scylla seized the fleet nor from its leader gained the hoped reward her wicked deed had sought tired of her prayers in desperate rage she storms wild throws her hair stretches her hands exclaiming where o oh, where fliest thou the author of thy fortune left o oh, prized above my country above my sire o oh, cruel whither fliest thou whose success at once my merit and my fault displays will not the gifted conquest move thy soul will not my love thee move will not the thought that all my hopes centre in thee alone by thee deserted whither shall i fly back to my natal town ruined it lies or if still standing fast the gates are barred against my treason to my father's arms whom i betrayed each citizen me hates deservedly neighbors my example dread banished and exiled from each spot of earth crete only open lies thence dost thou drive me also ingrate dost thou fly me so europa never bore thee but some cert inhospitable or some tigress fell bred in armenia or caribdis vexed with tempests jove was ne'er thy sire nor feigned a bull's resemblance to delude her false that fable of thy origin a bull real and savage thee begot whose love no heifer moved o father nisus now exact thy vengeance joy o town betrayed by my transgression for the woes i feel most merited i grant guilty i die yet should the deadly blow be given by one my impious fault has injured not by thee victor through crimes thou with avenging hate now persecutest this flagitious deed against my country and against my sire was all for thee the daltress who beguiled in wooden cavity the furious bull whose womb an ill-assorted birth produced well for a spouse befits thee do my words reach to thine ears or no to the brisk winds thou ingrate waft my bootless planings on and waft thy vessels wondrous now no more pacify to thy embrace a bull preferred for more unpitying is thy soul joyful Ah hapless me away thou fliest thy cleaving oars dash on the sounding waves me and my country far from thee recede o wretch forgetful of my favouring aid thou strivest in vain to fly me gainst thy wish thee will i follow on thy crooked ship hanging embracing dragged through drenching seas scarce ending in the waves she furious leaped vigorous by love and gained the flying fleet and clasped unwelcome guest the noscian poop here soon her father spied her in the air he winged his way now clothed with yellow plumes of falcon and down darted with his beak so curved to wound her as she clung in dread her grasp she loosed and as she seemed to fall the light air bore her from the waves below plumed she became and formed a feathered bird cyrus they called her from the ravished lock to Jove our Minos all his vows performs an hecatomb of bulls as from the fleet he lands on noses's shores his royal hall with all his spoils on high up hung adorned meantime the probrim of his bed increased the two formed monster in a novel birth at length the mother's beastly crime proclaimed minos the shameful witness from his couch far to remove determines in a dome intricate winding he resolves to lodge from every eye concealed the birth entrusts the work to daedalus in cunning arts most famed to build he all the various marks confuses puzzles bent on either side of the various paths confound the searching eye so in the fields the soft meander plays here refluent flowing there with dubious course meeting himself his wandering stream he sees and urges now to whence he first arose now to the open outlet of the main thus daedalus the numerous paths perplexed with puzzlings intricate so much entwined himself could scarce the outer threshold gain here was the double monster man and bull enclosed till by the third allotted tribe the ninth year vanquished with athenian blood twice gorged before then was the secret gate so often sought in vain found by the aid a virgin lent to trace the winding clue. instant for deus theseus loosed his sails with minos's ravished daughter on that shore cruel he left her the deserted nymph wildly lamenting bacchus soon embraced and gave her needful aid her fame to fix immortal in the skies her sparkling crown moved from her forehead mid the stars he placed through the thin air it flies and as it mounts to blazing stars the glittering jewels change still as a crown it shines its station midst where stout alcides ophiuchus grasps meantime long exile and the land of crete detesting burning with the patriot's wish his native soil to visit daedalus by sea escape prevented thus exclaimed let earth and ocean both my flight obstruct still open lies the air through air we'll go minos controlling all controls not air he speaks and bends to unknown arts his skill improving nature's gift quills fixed in rows he places small at first in length and size gradual enlarged as if a hill's steep side growing produced them so time passed the pipe of rustic origin by small degrees increasing reeds composed firm fixed with thread their middle part he binds and close with wax cements their bottom all complete he bends the composition in a gentle curve resembling real wings young icarus alone was present ignorant that the work would his destruction cause with playful tricks he fingers now the feathers now his hands soften the yellow wax his sportive wiles his father's wondrous essay oft delay now was the last completing stroke imposed upon his undertaking first the sire on artificial wings his body poised and in the beaten air suspended hung then his young offspring icarus he taught this i my son advise a middle course to keep be cautious lo if thou shouldst skim heavy with ocean spray thy wings would droop if high the sun would scorch them steer thy course twixt each extreme nor would i wish thine eyes to view Bootes or the northern bear nor yet orion's naked sword my track cautious pursue with anxious care he gives rules thus for flight and to his shoulders fits the new-formed pinions tears his ancient cheeks bedewed and thus his admonitions flowed and his paternal hands as thus employed beneath the office trembled warm salutes he gave the boy nor knew he gave the last then on his feathers borne explores the way timid for him who follows so the bird tempts from her lofty nest her new-fledged brood in the thin air he bids him close pursue tries in each shape to teach the fatal skill shakes his own pinions bending back to view his sons the angler as with quivering reed he drew his prey to land the shepherd's swain as o'er his staff he leaned the ploughman clown their flight astonished saw and deemed them gods that so at will could cleave the liquid sky now samos juno's favoured isle they passed delos and paros all to left to right labyrinthus lay and rich in honeyed sweets calymne when the heedless boy o'erjoyed in his bold flight the precepts of his guide contemning, soared to heaven a loftier range the neighbouring sun's fierce heat the fragrant wax which bound his pinions softened soon the wax dissolves and now his naked arms he waves but destitute of power his course to steer, no air his arms can gather. Loud he calls his father's name, as in the azure deep he drops, the deep which still his name retains. The hapless parent, not a parent now, loud calls on Icarus. Where art thou, son? Where shall I seek thee, Icarus? He said, and spied his feathers floating on the waves. Then cursed his hapless art, as in the earth he deep entombed him. All the land around bears from the youth entombed its present name the whirring partridge from a branchy holm beheld him as beneath the turf he placed his son's lamented body and with joy fluttered his feathers while his chirping song proclaimed his gladness then the only bird known of his kind in elder days unseen but lately clothed with feathers through the crime flagitious dedalus of thee to thee thy sister witless how his fate was doomed her son committed for instructing art when twice six annual sons the youth had seen his docile mind best fitted then to learn he well the indented bones remarked which form the fish's spiny back and in like mode sharp steel indenting first the saw produced for public service two steel arms he joined fixed to one orb above each widely stretched one steady rests the other circling turns him deedless with envy viewing forced headlong from sacred palace's lofty tower his death feigned accidental But the maid divine to all ingenious minds a friend received him in his fall changed to a bird on pinions bore him through the middle air his vigorous powers in force remain the same but change their seat rapid he flies and quick he races on the ground his name remains unaltered still the cautious bird declines to trust his weight aloft nor forms his nest on lofty boughs or summits of high trees nigh to the earth he skims beneath the hedge his shelly brood deposits of his fall still mindful towering heights he always shuns now daedalus with lengthened flight fatigued Cecilius' realm received whose king humane great cocalus moved with his suppliant prayer armed to assist him now by theseus freed athens no more the mournful tribute paid with garlands every temple gay they hang invoke the warlike maid the mighty jove and every deity their altars all with promised blood they honour with rich gifts and fragrant incense now had wandering fame through all the grecian towns spread the renown of theseus and the rich achaia's tribes his aid implored when mighty perils pressed even calydon though meliga brave possessing sought his help with suppliant words the cause a furious bore by Dion sent avenging instrument of slighted power aeneas from plenteous harvests full success rejoicing primal fruits to ceres gave to bacchus poured libations of his wine to yellow-haired minerva offered oil the rites invidious from the rural gods commencing all the bright celestials shared latona's daughter only in her fane nor flames nor offerings on her altar saw rage fires even heavenly breasts not unrevenged she cried shall this be suffered honoured not not unappeased by vengeance will i rest then through the nean fields the maid despised sends the fierce boar to ravage such his size the bulls that in Epirus' pastures graze more huge appear not in cecilia's meads far lesser seen redder his sparkling eyes fire mixed with blood high rears his fearful neck thick clustering spears the threatening bristles seem hoarse as he grunts down his wide shoulders spreads the boiling foam his tusks the tusks outvie of, of india's hugest beast the lightning's blast driven from his mouth burns all the verdant leaves now o'er the corn but yet in budding ears he tramples immature he reaps the crop the loud lamenting tiller's hopes destroyed the harvest intercepting in the shoot in vain the barns the granaries in vain their promised loads expect prostrate alike are thrown the fruitful clusters of the vine with shooting tendrils and the olive's fruit with branches ever blooming on the flocks he rages these not shepherds not their dogs could save nor could the furious bull his herd wide fled the people safety none durst hope save in their city's walls till thirst of fame fired meleager with his chosen band of valiant youths and first were seen the twins of tinderus for wondrous skill renowned this at the cestus that to curb the steed jason whose art the primal ship designed theseus in happy concord with his friend pirithus joined thestius's two valiant sons Lynceus, alphareus's offspring idas swift Lucippus fierce acastus unexcelled to dart the javelin Cineus now no more clothed in a female figure phoenix sprung from old amyntor actor's equal sons hippothoas dryas and from Elis's town dispatched came Phileus, nor was absent there brave telamon nor great achilles sire nor stout eurytion with pheritus's son nor hyantean iolaus brave echion in speed unconquered Nestor then in primal youth, Lelex, Naresian born, Panopeus, Ilius, Hippasus the Fierce, nor those whom Hippocoon sent in aid, from old Emeklae, nor Ulysses' sire, Anseus of Parassia, Mopsus' sage, Amphiarius, then by his false spouse's guile betrayed not. With them at Atlanta came, the grace and glory of Arcadia's woods. A shining buckle from the ground confined her garment's border simply bound her hair one knot confined her ivory quiver slung o'er her left shoulder sounded as she stepped her hand sustained a bow and thus arrayed appeared her form her lineaments disclosed what scarce might feminine in boys appear or hardly boyish in a virgin's face the chief of caledon the maid beheld beheld and loved while heaven his love opposed the secret flames inhaling deep he cried "O blessed youth if youth to gain thy hand worthy were deemed nor bashful shame nor time would more allow a mightier deed now claimed their utmost efforts for the furious war darkened with trees thick growing rose a wood from earliest ages there the biting axe had never sounded in the plain it reared facing the sloping fields the youths arrived some spread the knotted toils some loose the hounds some strive the footprints of the boar to trace their danger anxious seeking low beneath a hollow vale extended where the flood's fresh showery torrents gathered lazy laid the flexile willow and the waving reed the fenny bulrush osier and the cane diminutive the stagnant depth concealed aroused from hence the boar impetuous rushed amidst his host of foes so lightnings dart when clouds concussive clash his rapid force levels the grove the crackling trees resound where'er he pushes Loud the joyful youth exclaim, each grasping with a nervous hand his weapon brandished, while its broad head shakes. Forward he darts, the dogs he scatters wide, and each opposing power. His strokes oblique, their baying drives to distance. Echion's arm hurled the first dart, but hurled the dart in vain. Lightly a maple's trunk the weapon grazed. The next, but over-urged the force that sent, had pierced the rough back of the wished-for prey. Jason's the steel, it whizzed beyond him far then mopsus prayed o phoebus if thy rites i e'er performed if still i thee adore grant my sure weapon what i wish to touch the god consented what he could he gave the boar was struck but struck without a wound diana from the flying weapon snatched the steely head and pointless fell the wood more chafes the beast like lightning fierce he burns fire from his eyeballs flashes from his chest clouds of hot smoke through his wide nostrils roll forced from the close-drawn string as flies a stone hurled at embattled walls or hostile towers with foes thick crowded so the deadly beast rushed on the heroes with unerring shock Eupolamus and pelagon who stood the right wing guarding on the earth he threw their fellows snatched them from impending fate not so onesimus of Hippocoon, the offspring escaped the death-inflicting blow torn through the ham just as for flight he turned his slackened nerves could bear his weight no more then nestor too long ere the trojan times perchance had perished but beside him stood a tree whose branches nimbly he attained a mighty effort aided by his spear safe in his seat he viewed the foe he fled beneath him fiercely threatening death below he whets his tushes on a stumpy oak and bold in sharpened arms ranches the thigh with crooked fangs of othrus's mighty son now the twin brothers ere in heaven displayed bright constellations both fair dazzling shone mounted on steeds whose lilied hue surpassed the unsullied snow both shook their brandished spears the trembling motion sounded high in air deep both had pierced but mid the darkening trees their bristly foe sought refuge where nor steed nor dart could reach him telamon pursues ardent and heedless of his steps a root checks his quick feet and prone the hero falls while peleus aids his brother chief to rise the beauteous atalanta to the string fits the swift dart and from the bended bow speeds it the arrow fixed beneath his ear raises the monster's skin and drops of blood his bristly neck ensanguine joys the maid to see the blow but meliga far in joy surpassed her he the first beheld the trickling blood he to his comrades first the wound displayed exclaiming yon fair nymph the honours so deservedly won shall bear warriors blush with shame and each exhorts his fellow shouts their souls more valiant swell in heaps confused their numerous javelins fly clashing in crowds each javelin fails to wound lo now anchaeus furious to his fate blind rushing rears his double axe and cries behold o youths how much a manly arm outstrikes a female's to my prowess yield the palm of conquest let latona's maid with all her power protect him yet my force spite of diana shall the monster slay proud his big boasting tongue thus speaks then grasps his two-edged weapon firmly in his hands and raised on tiptoe meditates the blow the watchful beast prevents him through his groin to death sure passage drives his double tusks and drops his bowels gushing full roll on the earth and soak the ground in gore ixion's son Pirithus on the foe rushed in his nervous hand a powerful spear brandishing theseus loudly to his friend exclaimed O oh, dearer far than is myself, half of my soul at distance wait. The brave at distance may engage. Valour too rash destroyed anchaeus As he spoke, he hurled his massive cornel spear, its brazen head well poised, its sender's anxious wish appeared fair to accomplish. When a leafy arm branched from a beech, opposed it in its flight. Next, aeson's son his javelin threw, but chance glanced from its mark the weapon and transpierced an undeserving hound. The dart was drove through all his belly and deep fixed in earth. But different fortune on the arms awaits of Meleager. javelins too he sent. Deep in the ground the foremost pierced, the next firm in the monster's back quivering stood fixed. Nor stays he, whilst he raging furious whirled in giddy circles round, and poured his foam, mad with the new-felt torture, close at hand the hero plies his work, provokes his foe to fiercer ire, and in his furious breast buries the glittering spear the second shout loudly proclaims his thronging comrade's joy each to the victor crowding hand in hand congratulating grasps him each amazed views the dire savage as his mighty bulk o'erspreads a space of land scarce think they yet their safety sure him touching each his spear extends and dips it in the flowing gore his foot upon the head destructive fixed the conquering youth thus speaks "Nonacre, fair receive the spoil my fortune well might claim Fresh glory shall I gain, with thee to share the honours of the day. Then gives the spoils the chine with horrid bristles rising stiff, and head fierce threatening still with mighty tusks. She takes the welcome gift, for much she joys from him to take it. Envy seized the rest, and sullen murmurs through the comrades ran. Above the rest were Thestius's sons, their arms outstretching clamoured thus with a mighty noise. Let not thy beauteous form thy mind deceive, when from thy eyes the donor of the spoil besotted with thy love shall far be moved woman restore the prize nor hope to hold our intercepted claims speaking they rob her of the gift him of the right to give nor passive stood the warlike youth his teeth he gnashed with swelling rage as fierce he cried learn ye base robbers of another's rights what difference threats and valiant actions show then in plexippus's unsuspecting breast he plunged his impious sword nor suffered long toxeus to doubt who hesitating stood now vengeance brooding for his brother's fate now dreading for himself a like swift blow again he warms the weapon reeking still hot from plexippus's bosom in his blood end of section fifteen